Whether it's golf, grandkids, or world travel, retirement offers plenty of choices. You've saved for it, you've earned it, now enjoy it. Before the big day, make sure you take a look at the federal income taxes you're likely to face on several sources of retirement income. Welcome to the Financial Insider with Mark McCanny and Eric Seabolt. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Financial Insider and Consumer Advocate Steve Siddall. Joining me, all as always, Mark McCanny and Eric Siebold of Novus Financial and Medicare. And uh, together, they've got about 85 years experience. That's a good long time, fellas. Uh, by the way, uh, hi, Eric. Uh, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for uh, being on the show with us again today. And uh, Mark, how's things? Couldn't be better. All right. Well, good to hear. So we're uh, we're kind of rolling through it. And I mean, you got me all excited there, Eric. You start talking about about world travel and grandkids and golf. And then you say taxes. It's like, what the heck? So we, but I guess there are some things that really we have to, to take a hold of, because as you've said before, uh, you know, Eric, it's, it's always tax day in retirement. It is. It's always tax day. And, you know, we, we like to say every week, Steve, to prepare people for that is, you know, you become your own payroll department. So, you know, what does a payroll department do for you while, during your working years? Well, that department keeps track of what you're going to get paid every pay period, but it also withholds taxes, pays for your benefits, all those different things. And, uh, you know, when you start taking over those tasks, you need to make sure you're doing it the right way. Absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things that's always going to be taxed is uh, it's a 401k or an IRA. And because that's all pre-tax money. I mean, it's all great going in because we get the deduction. But on the way out, we got to pay the taxes. We do. And, and Mark likes to use the phrase, you know, do we want to pay taxes on the mountain or the molehill? <laughs> and uh, I like that. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a great way to look at it, you know, because. Yeah, we, we have tools now that could really help us in figuring out the best way to handle our money in retirement. And when I mean handle our money, I mean, you know, figure out what buckets of money do we want to take? The, do we want to start our, our drawdown period using? You know, we have uh, tools such as Roth types of accounts, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, annuities. You can look at your Social Security as uh, as a tool, you know, because it, it provides us an exact type of resource for you to be able to figure out, okay, I, I'm going to need X amount of money for retirement to cover all these different expenses. Where am I going to get the, the get the money from? You know, where am I going to draw it from? And again, those are the kinds of things that you go over with folks every day. And so, I mean, right, the, the IRA, the 401k or 403b, whatever, the TSP, all of those plans are, are before taxes. So we've got to remember that on the way out. One way to do that is to consider a Roth IRA or a Roth conversion. How does that fit? into the overall plan. Well, Steve, the Roth is a, it's a powerful tool that I mean, a lot of folks um, don't realize that there's a 401k version of it, um, whereby you can put in your money on a, on a post-tax basis. And what that means is you've already paid the taxes once, so then any growth on that account uh, would be distributed to the account owner on a tax-free basis. I can't stress enough that you know a lot of folks, when they hear 401k, they automatically think, tax deduction or pre-tax, those types of words. And what they end up doing is building this essentially a time, a tax time bomb where they're investing in getting, in getting a, a deduction when they go in, but when they retire, they come and see us and, and we look at their, their holdings and, you know, believe it or not, a lot of the times, a lot of people don't have anything but types of assets that are going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. So, you know, we want to do a good job of diversifying just like we would in different asset classes. You want to have a good tax diversification so that when you do get to retirement, you know, if, if we did have a higher tax environment, you wouldn't be hit as hard. So I think it's really important. Right. And, and in order to do that, that's, you know, a conversation that you have to have because, I mean, quite frankly, it's not a good idea for everybody to do a Roth conversion, is it? No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's a, you know, what it comes down to for me is, Life expectancy is a is a big uh, component in that. So you know, I always say, look at your family history and longevity. You know, if, if you if you have people living into their nineties, versus some people say, you know, the, my dad died at fifty three and nobody's lived past sixty. You know, that's that that's where you really make it up because there is a break even point that you kind of have to get to to make it worth it. Okay. And uh, so for me personally, I always look at that and say, you know, you can't just 
uh, like everything else in, in financial planning, there's no one size fit all um, piece of advice. And I would say specifically with um, Roth conversions, you want to kind of look at um, longevity, but also look at your tax bracket. You know, if you're in a really, really graduated tax bracket, you really have to be careful about putting whatever amount that you're going to convert into the next tax bracket, because we have to think about this marginally. And I think that most people, if they could go through that exercise, they would be able to make a really good determination if a Roth conversion makes sense for them or not. All right. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about um, break even and uh, Eric, let's talk about Social Security and break even because that too, I mean, just because you turn 62 doesn't mean you shouldn't take it, but it doesn't mean you should. And Social Security is going to be taxed. You really got to take all of these income sources to heart, you know, when you're trying to figure out which buckets of money you're going to draw from. And Social Security is the same thing. You know, we, we want to try to maximize the amount of Social Security that we're going to be getting because we know it's going to be for the rest of our lives, right? Yes, of I mean, course. I, what we're trying to do with our clients is to create as much income in retirement to help them live the lifestyle that they want to live. And Social Security is a big part of that. As, as a matter of fact, for a lot of our clients, Social Security is the main part of their income because that's one, it's guaranteed. They're, gonna, they're supposed to be getting this for the rest of their life. And it's some that they could count on forever. And then, you know, you basically will supplement Social Security by drawing down your other assets. But, you know, the, the taxes that factor into all of these different sources of money, it makes a big difference. And you know, let me let me show you another example here. Uh, uh, let's talk about pensions for a minute here. Okay. Is you know, that, so know, are pensions taxed too? Pensions are all pre-tax dollars. And oh, okay. for the most part, they are. Sure. So for those people who are still getting a pension, Steve, I'd, you know, there honestly aren't a lot of pensions out there anymore. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Mark and I have seen over the years this, the industry just changed so much when it comes to pensions and preparing for retirement. You know, it, you used to be able to, uh, you know, uh, get a job at a company and then work for that company for 30 or 40 years and build up this nice pension. And then when you're ready to retire, you know, you flip that switch and here comes the pension money for the rest of your life. And then if you had a little bit of extra money, you had it in the 401k and it, it was like icing on the cake. But over the years, companies have really shifted that risk for pensions over to you. So, and they've stopped offering pensions at the level that they were offering them before. Right. So it's just kind of rare anymore to even have a pension. But yes, to answer your question, when you are getting a pension, that is considered income and it hasn't been taxed yet. So you have to factor that into your taxes. Part of the overall plan then. So let's talk stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Um, th that can be that can be a little tricky. Yeah, no, they, that can be tricky. And, uh, you know, stocks, bonds and mutual funds all fall into that investment category of securities. And uh, generally those are taxed at um, capital gains rates. And one thing to really be cognizant of is, you know, are you, the holding period, because that's going to dictate significantly to how you're taxed. So for example, if you hold an investment for less than a year, that's going to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rates. But if you if your holding period is longer than a year, you're going to get into the capital gains rates, which are much more attractive, you know, generally 0%, 15% or 20%. So you know, you compare that to 37% on the top ordinary income tax rate. So you want to make sure that when you're dealing with those sorts of things that you're you're not only getting the right ones that, that fit your risk profile and your tolerances, but also that you're you're not going to step on a landmine and, you know, sell it a day too early or, you know, whatnot and 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 really affect yourself from a tax perspective. So, you know, that figures in um, right along with like annuities. You know, annuities are are taxable just like anything else. There's a tax component to them. There, there is a saving grace with um, some types of annuities. Uh, if it's a non-qualified annuity, there is something called an exclusion ratio where it, it's a kind of a tax efficient mechanism where every payment you receive is 
somewhat of a return of your your money. That's how they calculate it and report it. So I mean, those can be really, really valuable tools. You know, to speak to Eric's point, not only to kind of replace pensions because they are a form of guaranteed income or can be, but they also have a a nice feature where they can can also be tax efficient. Also, well, I like that. And on that note, we have uh, really come up the end of the uh, the end of this first segment. Let's go ahead and uh, make the make the offer available to folks and uh, ask them to call right now. Well, Steve, I think what we're going to do is for this week's offer is we're going to actually go back to an offer that we were doing a couple of months ago. And uh, that is for the first 10 callers, we're going to basically help take you through our process. And our planning process is what we, it's a process that we call the Put Yourself First program. And FIRST is an acronym, F-I-R-S-T. And what this allows us to do is really take a, a hard look at what you are doing right now in terms of planning for retirement. And we're going to give you a report on your fees. That's the F part of first. What, so we're going to do a fees report. We're going to actually create an income plan for you to give you an idea of you know the things that we're talking about today in terms of pensions and annuities and Social Security we're going to factor all those in and we're going to we're going to give you an income plan that so you can have an idea of what you're going to have to live off in in retirement. We're going to take you through R, which is the return part of your portfolio and make sure that you're maximizing your returns. We're going to take you through the S, which is the safety portion of your portfolio and make sure that you're not losing any money. At least give you the best chance of not losing. And of course, the T is what we've been talking about here, Steve, the taxes. So for the first 10 callers today, give us a quick call or go to our website at novusfg.com and uh, click on the return and safety optimizer tab. Put in your information and then we'll get back with you and we're going to create the put, put yourself first program process for you. And one thing that we can guarantee, Steve, is that we will always be able to find something that you can improve on in what you're doing. You know, you might be doing a great job right now and just looking for a second opinion on a few things. Well, we'll give you that second opinion and we'll put your, you through the program here and uh, we'll make sure that you're doing everything you can to prepare for retirement. Hey, well, that sounds great, Eric. I mean, you know, I like this. The first, it's me first. So fees, income, return, safety, taxes, all the things that we've, uh, you know, that we talk about here every week, that all becomes all-encompassing with a plan that uh, Mark and Eric can develop for you. 800-654-3234, that's the number. You'll get uh, the comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Ten callers right now, 800-654-3234, 800-654-3234. The U.S. Senate is expected to vote soon on what's being called the SECURE Act 2.0. The original Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Act was passed in 2019 and brought many changes to retirement planning. What's in 2.0? Details when we come right back. And we are back on the Financial Insider with Mark McCanny and Eric Siebold. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. The Novus Financial and Medicare is the company. You can find their website at novusfg.com. That's N-O-V-U-S-F-G.com. And uh, this is going to be fun. Now, um, I know that you guys, because... Well, because we count on you to know all of these things that are going on behind the scenes. But the Secure Act 2.0, that's going to have an impact. And and I don't know, my first pass at this thing, it looks like it's it's not it's not all bad, right? I mean, it looks like there's some pretty good things that are happening. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things that came from that from that uh, comment period. And one of them was you know waiting longer to take required minimum distributions. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. Where you know, the government keeps encouraging us to take our money later and later in life. You know, is that, are they sending us a message that we're all going to have to work a lot longer or, or start planning for that? Oh, no, see, or, I hadn't thought of it that way. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah. I don't know. But, but uh, I, I do recall back uh, a couple of years ago when, uh, maybe that was a little longer than a couple of years ago, when folks were having to take money out of their retirement account when the market was down. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of started that conversation about pushing the age out 
um, a little longer. And, and this time they're going to go from well, we start out 70 and a half is when you had to take your first required minimum distribution. And then it was 72. And now I think they're contemplating 75, Steve. Sure. So, over, I mean, over 10 years. Over 10 years. So, you know, that but the, and that does help your money, you know, grow on a tax deferred basis a lot longer than, you know, than it normally would. Um, but again, I have, you know, I think that, you know, most people by age 70, 72 are fairly ready to hit the retirement button. And, you know, I don't know many, I haven't had many clients say, I wish I could work to 75 and defer that. Right. So, so, you know, that's something to consider, but there's some, some interesting, um, you know, some good things. And Eric, you know, we were talking with a client the other day about uh, part of this, about how and they're an employer about how they could incentivize uh, younger folks with student loans to come in and work for them. And uh, they've kind of addressed some of that here. Um, well, let's with, talk about that. What are, what's the uh, what's the basis for that? How is that? How would that work? It's, in other words, so my employer could pay some of my student loan as long as I'm participating. Yeah, I think yeah, that's Steve. Kinda... I think that's what what it is, isn't it? it I, I love these ideas too because we we can sit down and we can question them and we can say, what, what's going on here? What's the angle? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> why is the government letting us do this, or why right. are they why are they trying to set up these situations? Well, I mean, I and, agree, uh, and, and we have to ask because this thing was passed in the House 414 to 5. 414 to 5. Okay, that's bipartisanship <laughs> that we haven't seen in years. It is, and I think it's because there's so much pressure to actually write off all of this student debt. So if they come up with another solution here, which is to find a way to pay it down, now nobody has to say, okay, we're just going to, you know, as a, a society mm-hmm. to pay all of these things off. So let's let's come up with a plan B. And I think we're looking at the plan B here. All right. You know, why I like this, too, because I think it kind of aligns with why you would actually pursue higher education in the first place. So, you know, it always kind of seemed contradictory to me that, you know, people are begging for student forgiveness because they went to college to to get a certain skill set. But yet when they get out, they can't pay off the investment because there's no jobs there. You know, that that I think what this is going to do is kind of help people understand that, you know, these are the types of degrees that are really valuable because once you get out with one of them, you can get a job with an employer that will help you pay back that investment. Sure. And it and it's going to start really maybe bringing some um, some identity to which of the the programs really are are valuable to society because the free market's going to say, hey, you know, this is a company that is you know going to employ somebody and help them pay back their college loans. As opposed to just as a on a blanket basis, continually fund, you know, programs that maybe are not necessarily able to support themselves. And so one of the other things that's being kicked around is uh, the automatic enrollment in a retirement plan. And, and you know, so if you go to a company, you've got a 401k, you're automatically going to be enrolled. Now, you can opt out of it, but it's it's but the but the the normal is going to be sign up for the 401k and they'll do it for you. You know, I, th- I think anything to encourage people to save is a good idea, Steve. You know, it, as, as a society, we're not ready for retirement. You know, most folks have not set aside enough money over time to be able to flip that switch. And, you know, Mark and I get the question all the time, guys, do I have enough money to be able to retire now? And, and then, of course, what's the risk of me running out of money? So I think that any kind of incentive plan is, and that's kind of how they're, they're pitching these is these are incentive plans to, to help folks, one, identify that they do need to, to take a little bit more time and effort and plan to save more and invest more over the long term. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, anything that does that is is helpful. But, you know, on the other point, too, you know, when we're talking about the student loan payments, you know, it, it's it's a way to also, you, you know, if you take a step back and you get back to that 30,000 foot view, you do start thinking about alternative types of education. And uh, and I always thought that that was a great idea because honestly, Steve, college is not for everybody. And right. we, I completely really, agree. we should, you know, my opinion anyways, is fewer people should be going to college and you should be getting rid of all these useless types of programs in college that just really are a huge waste of money and time and put a lot of students in a position where they're going to graduate and not make enough money to even pay ever pay back those student loans. And then we need more of these government programs. 
So, you know, I'll give you a good idea here is, uh, Steve, where I live, there's, there's a center called the, the Delaware area career center. And, uh, you know, basically their, their, uh, mission is to empower people, to prepare them, inspire them and connect them with careers that are going to be rewarding. And it's, it's not necessarily a traditional college type of program. Uh, you know, they have that you could go there even when you're in high school these days. If you're a senior in high school, for example, and you got through all of your required classes, you can go to the Delaware Area Career Center now and start uh, getting an education in public safety, um, in different health careers, in different skills like welding or computer training, um, personal enrichment, lot, even customized types of training. So I, I think that those types of activities are better suited for a lot more people because we honestly don't have enough skilled workers in our communities anymore. And, you know, we have too many people coming out of college these days owing $200,000, $250,000. And it's going to take them 30 years to pay that back if they sure. ever do. And then you're going to have one political party trying to write it off all the time. <laughs> well, there you go. The, um, you know, I, I guess to me, the question through all of this is, is are the changes that they're making, will it be enough? And I guess time will tell. Uh, but Bernadette Geis uh, is somebody that really has some insight here. She's the solutions leader at Price Waterhouse Coopers U.S. Asset and Wealth Management Trust. And, and again, she's got, so like I said, she's got some insight into what this could do for us. We have roughly 45 million Americans that are going to retire in the next 10 years, and the median savings is $120,000, which would equate to $1,000 a month over a 15-year period. So with life expectancies being well beyond 15 years and the you know, rising cost of health care and other retirement needs, $1,000 a month simply isn't going to be sufficient. Well, yes, <laughs> that's true. And and yeah. so, I mean, it's the kind of thing where we've we've got to it is on us at this point to be able to to, you know, prepare for prepare ourselves for retirement. That's that's just the reality of, of life today. Steve, I tell you, a thousand dollars a month doesn't buy you much anymore, does it? Nope, not so much at all. Maybe groceries. What you got to we I think what we have to do is, is keep in mind that it's never too late to start saving and what what a lot of folks don't realize is that, you know, for for people that are you know over fifty years old, um, you can you can save more. The the, um, the the government lets us save a little bit more than people that are younger, and we can catch up. And you know maybe that we've always talked about this on the show is that you know you can you can shave out six or seven hundred dollars out of your out of your budget without changing much. You know that's go to a different cable package reprice your your cell phones you know turn the heat down two degrees you know you you'd be surprised and we've done it we've done it with a lot of clients so when somebody says i can't i cannot save anymore you know i can't do anymore well there's always something you maybe stop eating out as much but i think we do have to face the reality that as a nation we are underfunded sure and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know you know 40 years ago when the, the pension system kind of disappeared and and uh, migrated over to 401ks and left 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 people up to their own devices to save. That's where we kind of got off track, got in trouble. But I think the good news is you're working with a group like like ours. You know, we can we can get people on track, give them a plan, and then give them the tools to put that plan into action. And um, and and I don't think people you know should get down on themselves if they haven't saved enough, you know, because believe it or not, you know, even if you're 50 years old, never saved a dime or 55, you know, if you get into the right program and discipline yourself by the time you're 67, or maybe even 70, that'll be our retirement age, you can have a nice nest egg built up in addition to social security, and have a, a pretty nice retirement overall. So I, I don't think doom and gloom is is is, is something we want to focus on. Um, but I think some of these things in the Secure Act are going to, you know, maybe be the impetus for people to make some change in their lives. And and I think the message, Eric, and I would say is it's just never too late, Steve. Well, again, I like your optimism. I like the way that sounds. And folks, if that, if you like the way that sounds, that now would be a great time to give Mark and Eric a call. Come on in, sit down, have the conversation. Put you first. Right, Eric? That's right, Steve. So for the again, for the first 10 callers, we're going to do what we do for our clients, and that is take them through our process that we call the Put Yourself First. The first is an acronym, and it stands for a fees report, an income plan, 
a return report to, so that you could figure out how to maximize your returns, a safety report so you could figure out how to lose as little as possible over time, and look at the, your taxes. Uh, so by doing a comprehensive review like this, Steve, we really are able to take a, a good look at where somebody is now and come up with a plan for the future for their retirement. So for the first 10 callers, we're going to run them through the Put Yourself First program. And we one thing that we can guarantee, Steve, is that we will always find something that you can improve on. Because honestly, a lot of folks have done a great job. They've, they've been saving for years. They're getting ready for retirement. We want to give you a little bit of confidence. We want to give you that second opinion. And we'll find something that you can improve on and, and, and help you get into a better position. That sounds great, folks. It starts with that phone call, 800-654-3234. Give us a call right now. You heard Eric, 10 callers right now. We'll get that comprehensive financial review, and you'll see where you are today. But more importantly, it does become this roadmap, a guide that'll help get you to where you need to be. So in short, you've got nothing to lose. Call right away, 800-654-3234. Again, 800-654-3234. Experience is a great teacher. In the world of retirement planning, we would be wise to learn as much as we can from someone else's experiences and mistakes. When we come right back, we'll dissect some famous and not so famous quotes as they relate to retirement planning. We're back on the Financial Insider. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark McCanny's here, as is Eric Siebold. They are of the Novus Financial and Medicare site. Go ahead and check out their website. It's a great site. Lots of great information. NovusFG.com. Novus, N-O-V-U-S-F-G. Dot com. All right, so let's let's dig into this. Uh, these are some fun quotes that that make you laugh, but they make you think, and I guess that's kind of what it's all about, right, Mark? Yeah, there's some uh, there's some good ones here on the, in the show notes there, and uh, you know, let's start with uh, talking about the market. Um, it says bottoms in the investment world don't end with four year lows; they end with ten or fifteen year lows, and that was uh, Jer- Jim Rogers, chairman of Beeland Investments. And uh, I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, this didn't used to be the case. How in, so? Uh, the distant past, yeah, well, in the, in the distant past, economic cycles lasted a fairly reliable four years. Okay, all and right. Bear markets weren't, uh, you know, devastating because the bull markets didn't carry stocks to nose bleeding highs like they are today. I mean, you look at the stock market on any given day, and even through the pandemic, you know, after we got through the initial, you know, downturn. It shocked me how high the stock market was. <laughs> you know, I, I think we can all remember that. And you think, well, how is the stock market so high with the country out of work? Well, again, that, that is the question. And so when you say 10 or 15 year lows, what he's talking about there is sort of that lost decade that they talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and oftentimes, you know, when you hear people talking about the lost decade, you know, um, you know, you're just flat point to point. And uh, it's really interesting because a lot of stuff happens in, in between. But, you know, if you look at things on a, on a 5, 10 or 15 year basis, oftentimes they are flat. And uh, but we haven't seen that of late. You know, it's, you know, even with a lot of uh, things kind of going sideways on us, we've really seen the S&P 500 or the Dow, whatever you're watching, whatever index, it has just really grown in lockstep um, kind of with, you know, Federal Reserve spending. And has just kind of gone up and up and up and up and up, regardless of what's happening in what I would describe the main street or real economy. It's just continually gone up. And, uh, you know, there's some hiccups here and there along the way. But um, I don't think we can really look at investing like we did 20, 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago. But uh, it's a different game now. And I think that's why, you know, utilizing all of the different techniques that we use now can can really capitalize on on that kind of. Um, you know, what I would describe as just nonsensical increase in 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 the stock market, but hey, we don't we don't uh, make the rules. We're just players in this game, and we're trying to help our clients navigate that as, as best and protect them and help them grow their money to keep pace with this uh, this growth and the inflation and everything we're seeing right now. Well, absolutely, and and uh, so Eric, let's talk. There's another quote here from Paul Samuelson. Who's an economist? Go ahead and tell me what <laughs> tell me what he said. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, Paul Samuelson here, an economist, says, In, investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. 
if you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in, in harsh terms, harsh reality, that's true, isn't it? It is. And, but I think that's what the stock market is these days. I mean, it, you may as well be in Las Vegas if you want to try to try to pick stocks or try to figure out, you know, if you've got the magic eight ball to seeing what's going to happen in the markets these days. You know, most, you know, Steve, most people that we talk to, there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of staying up late at night or not sleeping that well uh, that night because of these huge swings in the market. And man, you may as well be playing the craps tables if you know if if you're getting close to retirement and you haven't figured out how to create a balanced portfolio yet, how to protect your money, you know how to maximize returns but also minimize losses. You know these are all things that you should be doing as you get closer and closer to retirement. Otherwise, you really are just playing in the the Wall Street uh, Vegas casino at that point. Sure, folks. If you'd like to get some more information and, and learn a little more, eight hundred six five four three two three four. And then uh, I think we would be remiss if we were going through finance financial people and their quotes to uh, leave out Warren Buffett, <laughs> right, Mark? Yeah, Warren Buffett, uh, he said, only buy something that you'd be perfectly happy to hold if the market shut down for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. So what, where do you fall on that? Is that? I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense when you think about it, because, I mean, the stock market's long term. Well, to yeah, Mark, I mean, this, this yeah. usually means Miller Lite or Bud Light. You know, <laughs> oh, that, my that's... goodness. Wow. <laughs> Outing me on the airwaves. <laughs> um, I would hold a Bud Light. No, kidding. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one because forever is a tough idea for most investors to get their heads wrapped around. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so maybe 10 years is a more appropriate timeline to kind of think in terms of, of that. And uh, and after 10 years, the value of a company becomes uh, much more evident in the, in the price of the stock. You know, shorter time frames, obviously, you see, uh, you know, different, different stock prices uh, subject to some misguided trader's opinion or or some analyst, but uh, I think it's, it is an interesting one. And I think Warren also had a good one where he also said, you know, you know, buy what you see every day. This wasn't a quote, but buy what you see and what you like. And, and, and those are the products that you use every day. Like, you know, I think he made the statement one time, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a terribly bright man, which of course he is. And he says, you know, one of the reasons I buy Taco Bell is because I really like their tacos. And uh, one of the reasons I buy, I drive a Cadillac is because I really like Cadillacs and other people like them too. And, you know, th th that's not a, he's, he's not one of these guys that's just completely, you know, analyzing charts. I mean, his investment philosophy is I buy what I use on a daily basis in my own home. So, I mean, I think that that's an interesting one that he's always been kind of a down to earth guy and this kind of speaks to that. Yeah, well, I think that's true. And and um, you were talking earlier, uh, Mark, about Peter Lynch and how you really like that one. Yeah, yeah, this was this was a good one. I like this one. He said, go for a business that any idiot can run, because sooner or later, any idiot probably is going to run it. <laughs> well, I think I've worked there before. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think most people can relate to that. Well, yeah, but it, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got to you've got to really take a look at well, it's like you were just talking about Warren Buffett. You got to take a look at what's there. What makes it sense, or what makes sense? What makes it you know interesting to people? What makes people want to buy it? Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. It, cause, you know, and, and I think Twitter is like a good example of that now. Oh yeah, we're living you that know, one, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, this is this is perfect for you know talking about CEOs. You know, like a CEO like Elon Musk, who uh, you know has created a tremendous amount of returns for for uh, anybody who owns Tesla stock, uh, and he obviously knows how to run a business. He ha he knows how to have a vision, and he knows how to drive value in companies, and it create wealth for the shareholders. And uh, so, you know, we're not necessarily just buying quote unquote stock. You know, when, you, when you're getting into investing for retirement and you're talking long-term planning and long-term investing and, and buying the stocks of these companies and whether it's in ETFs or mutual funds, you know, you, you want to buy something that you have a good understanding of. But if you don't have a really good understanding of those businesses, you at least know that they're being led by people who have the stockholders benefit in mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And I think that's where, you know, these guys like Peter Lynch and Warren Buffett, um, visionaries like an Elon Musk, you know, they, they at least understand that, okay, we, the whole point of this is to create wealth for the stockholders. Now, along the way, you want to do things the right way and you want to you know, make sure you're taking care of your employees and, and taking care of your communities. Um, but at the end of the day, most people are relying on those values in order to, to live off of them at some point in their retirement. So, you know, they're giving you that money to make sure that you're doing something wise with it as a CEO of a company, that you're investing, that you're doing your research and development, that you're hitting all of your quarterly numbers and you're creating value. And again, that whole leadership thing is, is such a big deal. I know that in our notes, we talk about Jack Welch. Uh, and again, because GE was never the same after he left. And I think we could think of a number of companies over the years that, you know, based on leadership and when that leader stepped down or when someone new came in, you know, it made all the difference in the world. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of companies that maybe, um, you know, have, have gone by the wayside when their, you know, their original founder left, you know, and in, in many respects, some other companies have, uh, have flourished, <laughs> for example, right. you know, you look at Microsoft, you know, I mean, I, I would argue that Microsoft today is a better company than when Bill Gates was around. Um, I think the products work a lot better. Um, they're, 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 they, they integrate better into things. And, you know, I remember years ago that, you know, the joke was, you know, you buy a Microsoft product and you get that blue screen of death. Exactly. You know, I remember it, it well. just freezes up. I haven't had that happen, you know, but and, and I don't know that, that you know, that's necessarily because Bill Gates is, is ne not necessarily involved on a day to day basis with Microsoft anymore. But, um, you know, I think that you can you can look at, um, you know, different CEOs or different companies and, and how they kind of progress through time. And, uh, you know, you, you really want to find once, you know, because we were talking about this earlier about creating retirement income streams and how this ties back, you know, oftentimes you want to be with a company that has good dividend history. And in order to have that, you need to have a well-run business that, um, you know, isn't up and down and sideways and suspending its dividend and, and whatnot. So, you know, it's really, I think, critical to when you're investing in companies to take a look at those leadership roles and who's occupying them. Because quite frankly, their success could mean your success in retirement as you build your income streams around dividends or potentially their stock values and whatnot. Well, I think that makes very good sense, Mark. And again, on that note, let's let's on that note, let's go ahead and uh, slide into a break here, Eric. And why don't you invite folks to call? And, uh, and I'm going to say it again. Put yourself first. And I know what that means. That's right, Steve. Well, it. We have our planning process here at, at Novus Financial and Medicare, and that process is called the Put Yourself First program. Uh, first is an acronym, and the F stands for a for fees. And we obviously want to try to minimize the fees that are in your portfolio, keep your money in your pocket. We want to create an income plan. There's the I from the first, uh, and that income plan is obviously going to entail using assets that you've been able to accumulate over the years, any kind of income streams that you may have, uh, social security, you know, those types of assets being applied so that you can actually maximize your standard of living in retirement. Uh, we want to make sure that your portfolio is growing as much as possible. So we have the returns report. We want to make sure that you're not losing any money that, that you can't afford to lose or risk. So we have our safety report. And we, of course, the government is your partner in just about everything you do. We just want to minimize their partnership shares. So we take a look at your taxes. So for the first 10 callers, Steve, you're going to have the opportunity to get a put yourself first report and go through that program. And, uh, you know, we, we promise that we'll find something. We'll take a good hard look at what you're doing right now. And we'll find something that can be improved on and, and bring some kind of value to you. That sounds great, folks. It's a phone call away, 800-654-3234. callers right now. We'll get the comprehensive financial review that Eric just described there, plus all the extras that go along with it. You will see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. Ten callers right now, 800-654-3234. Again, 800-654-3234. Make that call right now while you're thinking of it. When we come back, questions from listeners, that and more right after this.
we're back on the Financial Insider with Mark McCanny and Eric Siebold. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Novus Financial and Medicare is the company. NovusFG.com is the website. I encourage you to visit that website now. And um, uh, we can, you'll be able to find a lot of information. Well, again, you you know, on that website, they can people can connect with you directly right then, can't they? They can. I mean, Steve, there's actually a lot of good information. We, we spent a lot of time on uh, developing a website that would actually be useful for people, you know, go figure. Uh, so we have a lot of different uh, calculators on our website in case you want to get out there and try to figure out, um, you know, how uh, different things in your life can can contribute to your retirement plan. Uh, we have a couple free reports that you could order. And uh, so just get out there and, and if you get a, a few free minutes, navigate it, novusfg.com and uh, see what you can pick up from there. And it, it also gives you our contact information. All right. Good enough. 800-654-3234 if you'd like to call us instead. Uh, Michael is up first with our questions today. He is in Worthington. He says, my father passed away last month, left his traditional IRA to me and my brother. I work full time and plan to retire in five years. My brother retired last year. What are the payout options for this money? Who wants to grab that one? Eric, Mark? Yeah, I, I think, Steve, uh, first of all, I, I guess I should mention, um, for those who are calling in, uh, we could usually get to about four or five um, calls, uh, you know, in this particular segment. So if we don't get to your call or if you happen to go to a voicemail because we're talking with somebody, mm-hmm. leave your name and your contact information and we'll follow up with you uh, as soon as we can. Okay, that um, sounds fair. But that said, yeah, that said, um, First of all, uh, I'm sorry, Michael, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, that's, that's a pretty tough time to go through when, when you lose a, a parent like that. Um, you know, and it, it, when we get to the point to where we have to start dealing with uh, their assets and figuring out uh, what's, the, what's the best way for us to split these assets up or to handle, not necessarily, uh, that's usually handled through a will or a trust, but to figure out what are the logistics around this life event. And that could be difficult. So um, again, we're, we're sorry for your loss, Michael. And uh, we are here to help you figure out this uh, process from a logistics perspective. Um, but considering that you are still planning on working for several years and considering that your brother is in a different position than you are, where he's actually retired, you're probably going to have a different plan for each of you. So the first uh, thing I would say is the first step in any of this type of of process is to get these accounts re-registered. And what I mean by that is you need to get them into your control and into your ownership. And that means getting the accounts re-registered into your name and under your social security numbers. And uh, so once you do that, then you could start figuring out, well, what's, you know, my brother has a different plan for this money than I do. So he's going to be able to, to manage his part of this retirement the way he wants to. And I can, and I can handle my part of this, uh, this inheritance the way that I want to. But before you can get into those different options, I think the key is to just handle it logistically, get the assets split up get it registered the right way. And now depending on the goals that each of you have for this money, you could figure out, you know, this is what you want to do with it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And so, I mean, with the, with the secure act, now that changes the way that these guys inherit an IRA, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? So in other words, they've got to take it all out within 10 years. Right. Yeah. They have to take it. It used to be where you could calculate your life expectancy and take out a certain amount every year, Steve, based on your life expectancy. Okay. You could you could drag it out over your entire life. Now they cap it at 10 years. So, you know, oftentimes what we see is a couple different kinds of clients, some that, you know, just want to save it for retirement. So they let it kind of continue to, to uh, accumulate in the market on a tax deferred basis. And then you have what we call the boat people. They want their boat now and then they cash it out in a link, a, a lump sum and they go buy you know, whatever they're going to buy and pay the taxes all at once. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, retirement income minded, your better option is to kind of take it out over a longer period of time, let it continue to grow tax deferred. 
And that's really, I think, the more maximized approach. But oftentimes, you know, again, and it's still allowed, you can still just take it as a lump sum if you wanted to. Okay. Well, good. Uh, thanks, Mark. Um, Jennifer is in Pickerington, um, and uh, she says, I'm 64. I was forced into early retirement because of COVID-19. I was planning to work until my full retirement age, and my plan was in place to get me there. How can I readjust my plan to make sure I've got what I need uh, going to and through retirement? So it sounds like Jennifer is trying to figure out, you know, what she can do to kind of stay on track um, and what she might, what moves we might be able to make to keep her on track. Um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind, Steve, is that a lot of people don't realize that if you can wait on Social Security a few years, it goes up 8% every year. Your payout does every year up to age 70. And, uh, you know, so you could get a 32% bump in your Social Security benefits. And where I'm going with this is, you know, she's forced into early retirement and maybe she misses out on saving for a few years, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there's a possibility where we could readjust, where we fill a gap, you know, for a couple of years, but let that, let that uh, you know, accumulating Social Security benefit increase. So what I'm saying is trade off saving because maybe you're not saving as much, but you wait. So you wait a little longer to take your Social Security. And by doing so, you offset the effects of not necessarily having accumulated as much over your lifetime. But you can, by waiting, get the same amount. We could we could run the numbers for something like that. Sure. Well, I mean, and Mark, I'm sure this isn't the first case you've heard of where, where you know, the pandemic has yeah. fo forced an early retirement. And you must have strategies in place that deal with that specifically at this point. Yeah. And Steve, you know, one other thing that we would probably want to go through work and work with Jennifer on is she being 64 is one year away from enrolling in Medicare. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, right now, Jennifer is probably in some sort of um, individual uh, health plan and she's really just months away from that, that glorious time of life of being able to enroll in Medicare and uh, so I, I would say, Jennifer, taking this opportunity and uh, cre register to uh, open up your Social Security account called My Social Security. And uh, so that that's the, really the a preliminary step needed to be able to um, start your Social Security benefits and also to enroll in Medicare. And then as you get closer and closer to Medicare, uh, you know, you're about 90 days out from uh, your, the month that you turn 65, you're able to en enroll in Medicare Parts A and B and uh, start figuring out, you know, uh, you can feel free to reach out to us for this also, uh, whether or not you want to get on a Medicare Advantage plan or get a Medicare supplement plan. Um, but, uh, you know, you're getting really close to that point of, of your life and, and it's it's really a great milestone, Steve, when, when you finally get to that point, because, you know, once you enroll in Medicare, you get rid of a lot of the risk and a lot of the potential expenses that could have a huge impact on your retirement portfolio. So it's really important to get it set up the right way. Absolutely. 800-654-3234. That's the number, uh, Jennifer, if you'd like to uh, give us a call. And uh, let's see, we've got time for another one. Let's go to John in Clintonville. Uh, John says, I'm currently 64 years old. I'm retired. I have two IRAs. One is a precious metals IRA account. The other is a traditional IRA account. Now, I'd like to remove a portion from either of these IRAs and put it into a Roth IRA. Now, how would I do this for either IRA? Is it the same process for the traditional IRA and the precious metals IRA? How much can be transferred into the Roth IRA on any given year? Interesting, interesting dilemma he has. It is. I, I think it, I'm glad that he's thinking through that too, because, you know, as you get, John, as you're, you know, get into your retirement years or, and, uh, you know, you're 64 years old now, you really have to start thinking about, well, it, now that I want to actually convert these assets from a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, I'm going to have to pay the taxes on these now. So first of all, you need to start thinking about what is the, what are the tax implications for doing this conversion? 
how is it going to impact social security? And, uh, you know, is it going to put you in a different tax bracket depending on how much you want to convert into the Roth IRA? So before we get into the nuances between precious metals and traditional IRAs, I think we would really want to sit down, take a look at uh, the portfolio, how much you're intending to convert, the impact it's going to have on potential on Social Security and on your tax bracket. And let, let's look at those different factors first, and then we can get into the real weeds of, of this kind of issue that you're having, John. All right. 800-654-3234. That is the number, John, if you'd like to learn some more. In fact, that goes for anybody. And let's go ahead and open up the lines one last time today to put ourselves first and in a plan that makes sense. Steve, the plan is called the first Put Yourself First program. It is our planning process here at Novus Financial and Medicare. And for the first 10 callers, you're going to have the opportunity to Get us your information and allow us to put you through our planning process. And our process involves looking at the fees in your portfolio, the income plan that you have or that we could set up for you, the return opportunities that you have in your portfolio to make sure you're maximizing returns and looking at getting you a safe asset report, which is the S part of FIRST. That's going to make sure that we're really minimizing your risk of losses. And obviously, as you get closer and closer to retirement, you, you can't afford losses. And then, of course, we're going to look and see, look at all those factors and see how it's going to impact your taxes. So for, the, for Steve, the first 10 callers, we're going to put you through the Put Yourself First program. And that sounds great, folks. Take advantage of it right here, right now. 800-654-3234. 800-654-3234. It's a chance for you to get a practical financial review. If you've never done it before, no time like the present. If you're looking for a second opinion, now's the time to make the call. 800-654-3234. Ten callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review showing you where you are today. But more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-654-3234, 800-654-3234. And, uh, you know, Mark, Eric, as always, a pleasure to be here and to have these conversations. I love learning things, and, and I certainly do each and every week. Thank you, Steve. We have a good time doing the show. And we want to thank everybody for listening. We do appreciate it. And we're going to come back again next week with new topics and questions and more. All of that here on The Financial Insider with Mark McCanny and Eric Siebold. Investment advisory services offered through Novus Financial Group. Mark McCanny, Eric Siebold, and their guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Novus Financial Group. By contacting Novus Financial Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.